What is up, everybody? Today we're celebrating Halloween, and we also are talking about Sex and the City recasting and a lot more. All that on Black Hollywood Lives this week. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live this week. Now that I know they be jiffing us, I gotta be careful. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome you to Black Hollywood Lives gonna this get. week. I'm your host, Dario Kristen. Joining me today are Courtney Stewart. Our Courtney Stewart. Hello. DJ Jesse J. What's up? And we are here today. It's the weekend before, here. or the week before Halloween. We, we feel like, well, it's the weekend for like everybody that's you know celebrating the Halloween. Right, we had this whole debate about on. celebrating Halloween and the meaning behind it. Because I'm a big Halloween person, I can't wait to you know celebrate it this weekend. But you feel differently about this, Courtney. Are you not going to? Any well, that Halloween was more parties? of Jesse's like Jesse combating. Okay. He was, because you said you've never seen Hocus Pocus. I've never seen Hocus Pocus. Crazy. I don't understand how that's like. That's possible. literally the movie of Halloween. And why is that? I never like corny. What? Halloween just, what's movies. corny about it? I don't know. It just seems like it's campy. No. Maybe I'm maybe I'm judging it. You need to watch Hocus Pocus. How you gonna call it corny and you ain't even seen it? Right. I'm just saying it looks corny. But maybe okay, fine. It, I it, like I like the Thrasher movies. I like Halloween, Friday the 13th, Freddy I mean, Krueger. I feel you, you but know? I mean like, some of those are corny actually. Jeepers I mean, Creepers. Oh, most the, of those are uh, corny. I mean they get corny after <laughs> like the six hell. ones. Yeah. Like, oh, Wait, Anthony, what's she saying? I gotta say that uh, Hocus Pocus is a Disney Channel original movie, but it is very tasteful, it and is. it's not really corny at all, because that's not where they're going with the direction of the film. Yeah. Okay, okay. well, you know what? Right, Go ahead with your popcorn history. Bat Midler, damn it, ain't nothing she did corny. Go to Anthony from the booth with your history of uh, Hocus Pocus. I'm I'll glad go, you knew. I I'll totally didn't know that weekend. was a Disney original. Yeah. I had no idea. I, I, used, to, I, I used to try I and VHS it every single time, but I didn't have the Disney Channel, so then I mean, when I the movie would come on, you could only watch the first 10 minutes, and then they change it. I just assumed like, though, oh. The other day, our, uh, our Phil Svitek, who's our After Buzz CEO, he had the movie, and I made him turn it off because I wanted to put in Friday the 13th. I thought the Hocus Pocus was going to be corny. So what do I know? I he, guess I'll just check it out. He'd rather see get murdered. Um, But if you guys do want to party this weekend and you're in the L.A. area, this Saturday, downtown Los Angeles, I will be spending. It's $20 to get in, and it's open bar. Where? All night. All night. Where? Just look at my Instagram. I'm going to post it on there. It's called the Mansion Party, though. And you know it's going to be lit. $20 and drinks all night. Okay. And I'll be there. Hanging out. Say hey. Dario will, too. Cost him it all. I'm going to Game of Thrones. Oh. One of the characters. Which character? You look at my Instagram to find out on Saturday morning. Oh, oh. oh we're starting okay. early. We're starting early. It's a whole process. Wait, are you going Saturday morning in costume somewhere? No, no, or no. You're just gonna it's, have that's it when that's the process. Go. That's when part of it arrives. Oh, so or most but, of it arrives. Wait, so you're gonna reveal it before your actual party in uh, it? Or give like a little piece? I'm giving you little pieces, oh, okay. like clue. Okay. Who's you it know? gonna be? Are you wearing yeah. underwear? Oh. Uh, Sure. Okay, just asking. They're a jock I mean, because they used to wear. Like, I mean, I don't. I don't really know because I honestly have only seen one episode of Game of Thrones. So like, I just assumed they were. See, like, I do the same thing every year. I go as Purge. I just put a mask on. Um, all right, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Why we had to bring it up is because Sarah Jessica Parker was originally in Hocus Pocus. Yes, she was. Well, speaking of her, Kim Cattrall was uh, in an interview, and when they kind of brought up, you know, a little tiff between her and Miss Sarah Jessica Parker from the set of Sex in the City. Because they won't do the third movie because everybody's blaming Kim Cattrall. 
Mm. Well, she said, you know, I played that character. I rode it till the wheels fell off. And, honey, the wheels have fallen off and I'm not riding it no more. But she made a comment where she feels that they should recast her character and make it a woman of color, whether Hispanic or black. The audience stood up. They thought that was a great idea. Um, I kind of laughed at it a little bit, like, girl, you going to make the whole one be of See, that's what I thought about initially when I saw it. Uh, and I know she didn't mean it that no. way, but I said... But Courtney had a good rebuttal. Out of all the characters that you picked to be a woman of color, is got to be the one who is sexually, you know... Why but it is, there. why can't it Carrie be? Arguably, Samantha's character is arguably the most free and honest character on the show in it's terms true. of her sexuality and true. owns her sexuality more than any of the other women. Agreed. So it is a power position and a powerful woman of color would be amazing. But at the same time, we have all kinds of other information and connotation that goes along with a black woman or a woman of color being that sexual so I get why initially that reaction is but at the same time if you really look at the character of Samantha that it the, her base is in power not in powerlessness and using her sex to get anywhere Her she controls her sex fully so it might be kind of dope she hmm. controls her sex fully I mean, I can get with that. It's just not. First of all, this was just hypothetically speaking. They're yeah. not yes. really no. doing. They're definitely not going to do that. Okay. And I don't think, even though like it seemed like decent reaction from it, I don't think really audiences. And I, I mean, I love a brown girl in anything, but I don't want to see that. No, it, it's Except not. Except you're just going to use the same cast if you were to yeah. use if the you same were, cast and yeah. then be like, hey, Samantha. No. Oh, right, right. <laughs> no. Girl, Samantha, what did you do? <laughs> If they was trying to do like a revamp, she's like, "What's that girl's name?" Like, "Are you tanning all?" No, the girl in the UK. The girl in the UK. Rachel. Rachel Dozio. Right. No, the best would be if they did do another movie and they just never just never mentioned it. That, and it's she just, just comes in as a black girl. It's an odd bit. <laughs> yeah, that would be the best. Yeah. I actually would appreciate that would, more. But then that would be what the movie is about—the comedy yeah. that that True. is a mess True. because True. otherwise it wouldn't be. But and then the whole franchise would just get yeah. crushed. They just need to put it to bed. I, I agree. If I wanted a third bed. movie, but just put it to bed. Well, speaking of beds and personal things, honey, Ooh. I have love me some Amazon Prime. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they came and took my um, box spring that I thought was for a California king bed, but apparently I have an Eastern king bed. What's an Eastern king? Yeah, what's the Eastern difference? king size? I didn't even know that. I didn't. Existed. Thank you. What's I didn't know that either. So I was ordering on Amazon Prime. I was getting a California king size box spring because the bed's fucking huge. So the box spring comes. I'm first of all setting up a box spring. It's not fun. At all. <laughs> no, did you do it by yourself? It I sure the fuck oh, did. Oh, I don't know how the hell you did that. I don't understand what you mean, set it, like it was folded? No, like it was, like, no it's you a have bunch to, of metal pieces. Yeah, metal pieces, you, you got to put it together. Yeah, I've done it. It's not fun. Right. So and I had one person with me and it I had to fun. do it twice because I ordered two of them and we had to return both of them. So then, all of a sudden, my boyfriend wanted to say, oh, well, what do you mean? This is an Eastern king-size bed. Bitch, I am from the East Coast. I ain't never heard of an Eastern king-size bed. But apparently, Eastern king-size are wider instead of longer. And I was like, that's why the bed's so dope. But it's really hard to find a box spring mattress for that. So, anyways, I'm saying all that to say, Amazon Prime's really dope because they came, picked the shit up, and was... Did you have to break it down and, like, get it back in the box? That was actually more annoying than anything. But that's fine because they came, they picked it up, delivered it back for free, gave me my credit real quick, and I was like, thank you for my coin. Um, But now Amazon Prime has this new thing that they want to try with keyless entry. So basically what they're going to do is start setting up this program where you purchase, I think it's for like $249. 
$249, you get this kit. What it comes with... How much with, did you just like, complimented yourself <laughs> just now? He's like, I knew my information. I knew, I knew my number. Okay. Um, sorry, I was at Walmart earlier um, <laughs> and paying bills. All right, so... You get an Amazon security camera, a cloud cam, and a compatible smart lock. So basically what it does is it allows the delivery guy, if you aren't home, to unlock your door so he can bring all of your stuff inside of your house. And then when that happens, you get a a little warning on your phone. You can turn the app on and you can see from the camera that the delivery man is coming into your house and make sure you know he ain't doing nothing crazy all this is stemming from this is going to actually start at the beginning of november and it'll be available in 37 u.s cities um but last month walmart actually started the announced that they were doing a testing service um and they'll basically allow the deliverer to go into the house and also into your refrigerator. Like, they will come bring your groceries and no, then... because all of the grocery delivery services. Now, look, Amazon, I love you. I love your two-hour delivery window service. I love your two-day free shipping service. But do not come into my house. Like, that's crazy. I feel like it's just setting things up for some major lawsuits down the line. Like, how I about... I mean, even if you're paying for it, just something, something ends up missing... You know, something ends up broken. Whatever it may be, you get robbed three days like, what after if I they deliver. Yeah, what if I can't look at my you, camera? You know what I mean? It just I don't know. It just seems like that could get All a little I complicated. All I say is technology fails too, y'all. That's yep. not like a yeah. real bad plan. It's not like a real bad plan. And for all y'all delivery drivers that ride for Amazon, I would tell my boss if I yep. was a person of color, I'm sorry, I don't do the home deliveries with the kid because you could be delivering something, putting it in their refrigerator, and somebody think they you in their house and they don't pull exactly. out a gun and shot I you. I had turkey meat in here. No, yeah. no, no. Get a new. I would go back to being a UPS. Yeah. Okay, I, would I agree. I would, it would be nothing I'd want to qualify for. No, mm-hmm. I'm good. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm sorry, Amazon. This that's a no for me. Yeah. Um, I'll pay two hundred and fifty dollars actually a month if when you say you're going to deliver it at a certain time, time, you actually show up at that at time. that time. Yeah, I would pay two hundred and fifty dollars yeah. for that because I don't have time to be waiting all day. It might be delivered by eight p.m. Well, when? Right. So I got to be in the house all day. Right. Yes. Because if I don't, you're <laughs> going to take my package back, and I got to wait a whole nother day. Mm-mm, I need my freeze. Yeah. I'm with that. They should, I guess that's another stop, and you don't want to have to make another stop. No. I'd rather have, like, a concierge that takes my boxes that are easily accessible in my neighborhood, and I can just go to my, and they're open, like, 24-7, and then I can just, like, sort of, like, how the post like office the is, like, right there. Or, or even, even like, yeah, I was going to say, like, a Ralph's, you know what I mean? Yeah. They have their little office there, and you can go pick up your package at your closest location. Yeah. That's smart, Amazon. Look at that. I, I would like that. Money. So you're about to get paid for that. I don't that. need you to be in the house. No, no residuals. In the house. But speaking of people that are about to get paid. Issa Rae's back in the news this week, you guys, because she's got another show that's coming to HBO, and she is the executive producer, and it is a family drama that is going to be set in Los Angeles in the early 1990s, and it will center around an African-American family dealing with the events of that time. Um, She will be working with, uh, the writer of the show will be Angela Flournoy, who is a National Book Award finalist, and she wrote The Turner House, and Angela will also be executive producing. And it's basically a show about bridging the later Reagan era and the early Clinton years. And the drama will center on the marriage of Cheryl and Jackson, um, with Cheryl being an envelope 
bounds pushing real estate agent and her husband Jackson is a conflicted LAPD anti-gang task force recruit and they have two teenage kids Ebony and Les daughter and son and it's just going to follow their family at a very interesting time in Los Angeles and for those of y'all that don't remember what was going on in LA in the early 90s check it out and it's going to be fun they had all kinds of wild shit happen in wild. out here. Yeah. Okay, we had Rodney, we had OJ, we had the crack cocaine epidemic was going on in the city, like in all kinds of major gang situations in various neighborhoods around the city. So it'll be interesting I, to see it through her eyes. Like, me too. Her storytelling. Yeah, I think so too. And it also it's always interesting to see how other deals get made, especially with HBO, because it seems like when you have a successful run on HBO, you are open to them looking at you for many oh, projects. For sure. You know, and HBO is one. I'll congratulate them. That's one of the places that I do hear a lot about multiple projects from yeah. people coming out versus just you know one project here or there. They they really go in on their talent. They want to you sign you for the deal if you succeed right. and then keep on keep succeeding. on succeeding. So and it's cute too because like they have the same. I think uh, Issa and Angelo have the same management company, and so like how those relationships match up. And Issa loved her book and was like so excited to be like, yeah, I get to work with her as a writer. That's gonna be amazing. So congratulations, black women doing big. Thanks. We love executive producers, and you know, so I'm excited to see it, and I can't wait to watch it because we don't get a lot of family dramas with the brown folks. That's right, and there's a lot of black women writers who are getting deals. There's another one I just read about. I think she wrote for Saturday Night Live or one of those. She's a black woman, a late night TV writing. I can't think of the name right now, but she just got a new a deal, a pretty big TV deal as well. So there's a lot. Of I'm not sure if we're talking about the same person, but what's her name? I think Diana. I know her Instagram handle, like I can't remember her actual name. Diaroni is her Instagram handle, but she was working with. With, um, uh, how to Get Away with Murder, Juvie Productions, How to Get Away with Shonda? Murder, no, How to Get Away with Murder lead, the uh, actress. Um, oh, uh, Viola Davis. Viola Davis, why was her name not coming out? But she has a production company and she had supported um, Diaroni, I'm sorry, I don't, Diana, I can't remember your whole name, um, on a, on the ABC internet platform to do a short like series, which was really funny. I forget what it's called, but it's about basically like a company that helps people deal with being racist like and doing racist weird shit so it's a comedy and it was really funny and it's like 10 minute web series and now she has a deal with Amazon for her new show which will be out I think early next year that might be her that might be what I read but it's it's it's, it's exciting to see all this new content for African Americans and people of color that's going to be coming out and it's yeah. all going to kind of manifest in the next year or so cool Amen. and it's a lot of women so we love that it too alright speaking of women we've got a professor over at the University of Pennsylvania well she's actually a teaching assistant a PhD candidate right now and she's TA in her class. You know, she's got this class called Sinners, Sex, and Slaves, Race and Sex in Early America. Made me miss college because all those, like, wild classes that I we know, take in college. I, I was like, I oh, know. that's so great. I anyway. Know. Oh, that was a really conservative school. Sinners, Sex, and Slaves? Sinners, like, Sex, and Slaves, Race and Sex in Early America. So, obviously, in early America, there was a lot, of, was a lot sinners, of slaves. Sex, and slaves. Sex. <laughs> that's what I was happening. I think that's a pretty accurate title. I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's like America to 1975. Right. Anyway, um, so her name's Stephanie McKellop. She's a PhD student, obviously, and she's TAing this class. And she tweeted, apparently, on her personal Twitter account and said, quote, I will always call on my black women students first. Other people of color get second tier priority. White women come next. And if I have to, white men. So her post immediately drew some criticism and some anger and 
You know, people like, why are you discriminating against the white folks? That's not right. This is not fair. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and they basically, um, there are people complaining, and they complain to the school saying this is supporting discrimination of white people, and it's unacceptable. Well, University of Pennsylvania has released a statement, and the statement came from the dean of the School of the Arts and Sciences, and he said, quote, we are looking into the current matter involving a graduate student teaching assistant to ensure that our students were not subjected to discriminatory discriminatory practices in the classroom and to ensure that all of our students feel heard and equally engaged. So they're looking into it, but she is still currently teaching. But there were also some supporters of this tactic that she's using, which, by the way, McKellip said she learned this practice from one of her former professors in undergrad who used the method to redress a lack of opportunities of non for non-whites to speak up in normal life. So she was sort of trying to almost socially experiment in the classroom is essentially what was happening. Um, and there were other supporters that thought her tactic was refreshing and pointed out that the method is used to create a more inclusive learning environment and community by highlighting the thoughts and ideas of the most marginalized students in the room first. And UPenn is obviously a, um, a, prim- a majority white institution. So it's an interesting thought. Are you offended? Would you be mad if your kid was in the class and was white and was like, I don't get called on until last? I, I, I think that it, I don't, I don't agree with what she's doing. I think in order for people to learn and, and to move forward with things, you have to hear everybody's voice, whether you agree with it or not. So to have, to segment a group to speak the majority of time and have others just listen, yes, everybody needs to hear everyone's story, but I think in order for us to conversations need to happen in order for you to learn and to expand. So it, I, I would I would say diversify it a little bit more as far as like who you let speak. I don't I don't I think it should be something where the black students in the class you hear what the white students have to say, Asian, whatever, whoever it may be, they should all hear this equally be able to express themselves. I feel like it's the wording that she used. Yeah. Like and if I have to, like yeah, if mean, you have to, girl, yeah. you're you're a teacher. You're a professor. You, you have, have, to, to. You have These to. These are yeah. students who are paying a lot of money to learn, to learn yeah. and and to ask questions and to speak in class. I think that what she's doing I, I'm not going to disagree. I think it's kind of dope, actually. But I think it's one of those dope things that you do silently. You know what I mean? And yeah. then the kids in the class understand, like, wow, she's really cool. Like, she gives people a voice. Let them speak that. Let them say, you know what, I really love her because I feel like she gives women of color a chance to actually speak. In other classes I go to, I don't really get picked on. But in this class, I do. You going on Twitter is like... I don't know. It just kind of seems like a, you have a thing against white men. Yeah. Like, personally, girl, like, maybe something <laughs> happened in your past. I don't know. But I'm just like, if I have to, like, girl, what you delegating? You a teacher assistant. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I think it is, I, I do, like, it's a seesaw thing. Like, I think it is dope because I do think, you know, I, I think the the idea of her saying by doing it in class, it gives an empowerment to do it outside of class no. to speak up and to, to do that so but I just don't, right, like, but do you I don't not, like the tweet do you not want to hear the voice of Courtney I don't think you know it's that I mean? she if was it's... saying like not okay so because my first impression was like you, I've read the tweet and I'm like girl come on you can't say that like especially because she said and right. if I have to yeah. I'll call on the white boys right. what but then when I continued to read I read what the class title was In reading the class title, I started to shift. Because if you're talking about race and sexual politics and that kind of thing in early America, 
And if you're at a predominantly white institution, which I went to one of those, and if it's, you know, a, you know, a, a educational higher learning, whatever, the super intelligent kids in these classes, like, you probably have, I don't know, I mean, it's, if it's, unless it's hundreds of students, but like, in terms of percentages, you probably have, what, 3% of people of color in your class to begin with. So I think that once I read what the class was, and what she was trying to, I don't agree with the tweet, and if her attitude is really like, ah, if I got to, yeah. which it, she might have just had a bad day at work and was like, because the white girl. Like before you even got to the white girl before you got to the white girl thing, just stop. At oh, but it was a tweet. That's but true. I think the point still remains is that she, uh, to get those 3% voices yeah. heard, specifically in this class, is probably imperative in a way that in a math class it perhaps is not. So I just thought when I read that, that maybe that goal is even higher just because of the nature of the information that is being taught and learned in that class. And those voices are even more important. And in college, people, is, even though you're adults, like people aren't always speaking up, especially in an uncomfortable situation. And it's difficult when you are the two percenter in a class about a sensitive ass subject yeah, like that and having the white so, man talk. and having the white man and, and there's right, a level you. of patriarchy and power right. that goes in, and that plays just like we see in it play out in businesses right now with sexual harassment issues and things like that like there's that level that still exists in the classroom so I think from a theoretical spot right. I think she's going in a healthy direction I just think that obviously what the way she said that is not okay you should go and teach it because you just put it in better you words you did actually I was so funny that you said I was just thinking I was like Courtney you should be a professor so everybody's voices are important. You're calling, Courtney. I mean, whatever. But, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody was, you know, I don't think she's trying to not allow them to speak, but I think what she's actually saying is that the white male voice is heard and is heard often. We also really need to hear this part of it, too. Right. And that's why I'm having to, and the only way we're going to do that is to actively do things to make that the case. Sure. Not to just be like, well, it'll happen whenever. No, right. we actively have to do something mm-hmm. to shift that whatever so hopefully that's where she was that's the from. conversation girl I hope that's where that's to become from an assistant to a teacher that's the conversation you know, yeah, I just want to make sure all voices like, I mean, are I mean, equal she's a PhD candidate you know sometimes real real smart people like they don't always get it out <laughs> right, right. right. Like, she had a, theoretically she had something great going on but then when right. she wrote it on that tweet and you, when you only got like 22 what is it 22 characters honey then that's, hard. When, that's when you had to delete you, you should have left the white women and the white men out of the tweet and made it real beautiful like I love choosing my women of color to have a conversation you know what I'm saying like I had a hard time tweeting about the World Series in 22 characters yesterday. Anyway. I thought they were adding to our characters. I, I thought we were going to get uh, at least 50 more. I don't even understand it because I can't be fine when somebody asks me a question yeah, on it. I'm like, well, the where's update? the rest of it? Like, the update? I don't I well, don't. And don't try and post a link. You know, I always struggle I just, with posting a link. It takes like out. 51 of my characters out when I do the link. We just need in-person conversation, guys. We do. Let's hang out Let's and hang chat out. more. All right. Anyway, All right. I'm, no. I'm pretty sure we're supposed to leave in like I know, minutes. we're supposed to leave in like five minutes. All right, so we're going to move on to our ER Web Story Spotlight of the Week. ER. ER Web Story Spotlight of the Week. Well, on the show, in the past we've talked about flying while black well the NAACP is taking it to the next level because in the news this week they reported that black people should be cautious about flying on American Airlines specifically now they are encouraging people to stay away from them if they're traveling and the reason why is because they felt like there's been plenty of cases that have recently been reported of disrespect and using discrimination towards blacks uh, from American Airlines um, that's, that's been reported and come up in the news so the warning has come after four recent times when black passengers were said to have been heavily discriminated against. This is what the new uh, NAACP president had to say about it. All travelers 
must be guaranteed the right to travel without fear of threat, violence, or harm. The growing list of incidents suggesting racial bias reflects an unacceptable corporate culture and involves behavior that cannot be dismissed as normal or random. So these are a couple of the cases that have come up as of recent um, with just the the filing of discrimination towards black people. A passenger was removed from a flight after exchanging words with two white people, uh, white passengers specifically. Uh, passengers had one passenger had a first class ticket that would uh, had a first class ticket, but was moved back to the back of the plane while her white friend was permitted to stay up front. Um, what else happened here? An activist was removed from a plane after questioning why her seat assignment had been changed. And then uh, also a spokeswoman for uh, an African-American um, uh, organization said the company was um, the, the company had discriminated against her as well as she was trying to get seated on the plane. Now, American Airlines made a statement. They said that they were disappointed to, you know, learn of these offensive mm-hmm. situations. On Twitter when I be tweeting them. And they are looking into the situation, which they always do. Uh, what do you guys feel about that, the NAACP putting American Airlines on blast? I mean, because, you know, we we all have been on planes, and mm-hmm. I've... Needed times, to get my money back. Yeah, I need to get my money back. But sometimes I feel like it's a, it's a big debate. I don't know if I'm being discriminated against or if this is just disgruntled as... Airline workers. Because well, if it's spirit, sometimes it's yes, in between. then you can't complain about none because they just describe. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't even get on a phone call with spirit; it would ruin oh. my spirit. Um, spirit. Well, spirit only goes five places anyway. Again. So no, they go. They, actually, they, I mean, they've expanded. They go places that other places don't. No, you be right. like, shit, I gotta take spirit. They've added to their list. But you gotta pay for every single little thing. And I can't stand American Airlines either. You charge all that money for them dusty gray, ripped up seats, looking like a bus, school bus. But the thing is, I actually think, but it's true, I think it's actually really dope Mm -hmm. that NAACP is doing this because I think it lights a fire. Because I think that with the airlines, they get so comfortable. Yeah. With, because I I don't want to say Like how they're still charging us some baggage fees when it was made because gas prices went up, but suddenly when gas prices went down, y'all didn't get rid of no baggage fees. Like, not to say that there isn't racial profiling in the airport, but I think, yeah, but I do also think like with some of like the seat changes and stuff like that, like that happens a lot. To and, a lot of people. And, yeah. Like, yeah, to a lot of people. And at the end of the day, I think that that's just messed up on the airlines because they overbook, they double book, and like it's a, a freaking hot mess. So I think it's dope that NAACP is doing this because it is going to cause American Airlines to actually sit and have to filter through some stuff. And hopefully there will be some changes made. And if American Airlines steps up to the plate, it will kind of force down hand, the hands of other uh, airlines to step it up because th- what I've noticed is these airlines they get so comfortable with the name of who they are and it's like when's the last time you checked the ship this plane because I flew 20 years ago and it's the same one and the TV still don't work they I mean yeah they're uh, they, last. Yeah, they last. They last. Well, that's why they a lot of times they buy older models and yeah. just refurbish them too. You know, which is, I mean, kind I guess that's scary. cost effective, but it's kind of scary too. Kind of scary. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> so like I said, it's a catch twenty two because yes, do I think that there's probably been times I've been racially discriminated against, or pe- black people obviously have been racially discriminated against. But in the latest, I just feel sometimes almost too that in the news, you know, we see a lot of different people who are discriminated against at airlines. And I just feel like a lot of times, it's just nasty people who mm-hmm. work at airlines. Not all. I'm not blaming all airlines. Not I've had great experiences at some airlines. But there are a lot of times, I mean, I've seen, I've gone on the plane and seen people just walking in the aisles and just 
they just walk in and the flight attendants are rude to them. Yeah, there's I mean? also I really mean, nice people that yeah, work there in. There are nice there people. Are, just, yeah. I, will, I will say that I don't think it's really about necessarily the people of the airlines, but I think the airline industry has become a very... They have definitely sacrificed customer care and customer Absolutely. service for profit margins in a huge way. Mm-hmm. Like, and maybe, and obviously everybody does that. It's America, it's capitalism. You make more money, you do what you can, cut corners, wherever. But I feel like they've taken it to the extreme and the excuse, like with the gas thing back, what was, it's now been what, 10 years since gas prices went crazy and they started doing like baggage fees point. and that kind of I thing. I didn't think about that, but um, you're right. So I feel like that was sort of like a shift and they just sort of made it all about money and I feel like they treat their employees that way too. So their employees are just pent up anxious and anxiety ridden because they trying to do what upstairs is making so they're a part of that whole machine and it's not necessarily their fault that Mm -hmm. shit is shitty and shit is shitty because those freaking whatever the shareholders want a bigger bigger and bigger bigger and bigger bigger paycheck and they're trying to monopolize it as much and I mean obviously we only have what four major airlines five major airlines in the country there's not and then that's a difficult industry to sort of break up and make it more competitive so that the service to the people is much better. So I feel like that's more of the issue and they just get back to when we had some tablecloths and y'all was like being sweet and being like would you like a beverage and right. not and trying to charge me for some fucking peanuts. Right. For $12 for peanuts by the way. All right, so we're going to move on because we have to wrap up soon. Um, I was like, I never pay $12 for peanuts. Yeah, peanuts are not No, I mean, but they're, you know, when you do the little peanut boxes and everything, like, I'm talking about that mix. Oh, that, the boo, the The, boo. I don't even look at that. Chips and peanuts. I'm a JetBlue customer, primarily. I will only fly JetBlue. I really will only fly JetBlue. Uh, I find a lot of Delta because Delta, I like Delta because you, you get the one-on-one individual screen. And I like that because I can get my cable. So on JetBlue, JetBlue too. Yeah, yeah, JetBlue too. But JetBlue right. doesn't fly my hometown. No, when Delta exciting. had Delta yeah. Song, I was all about the I'm Delta all about song. Virgin. They did too. that really I like well. Virgin. No, Virgin's a party. I will never fly with Virgin, Virgin overseas. Ever is, is oh, Virgin overseas is bomb. Yeah. No. yeah. All right, so we got to move on. Sorry. All right, so um, the last story of the day, which we'll wrap up with, is um, this. I found this quite interesting. Two moms in West Town, Chicago, have created Stand Up to Hate. It's a play date in the neighborhood. It's actually taking place today. Uh, Actually, probably already took place, or it's taking place right now. So basically, what happened was these two white women who um, have a black nanny, and they received a letter in the mail from an unidentified person who said some pretty nasty things about the black nanny and the choice of them having a black nanny. So they received this letter, and this is what it said. It's amusing that the moms are trying to rebel against the greatest leader this country has ever seen. Honestly, you need to fire your nanny because otherwise it looks like she is your modern-day mammy. Please take, head, please take heed to the advice being shared in this letter. Find a new nanny. We do not want an infestation in our community. All right, so these two ladies got this, right? So they got the letter. Once again, whoever wrote the letter is a punk because if you're writing this letter, how come you can't, you know... Come tell me to my face. Why can't you say it to your face? So the person put the letter in uh, one of the women's whose name is Heather DeJonker's mailbox and, you know, left it anonymously. Um, As I mentioned, she took it to the police. Now, the nanny in the case, her name is uh, Farah picket she was initially going to quit but then she decided that she wanted to this was her 
moment to help children, teach them a little bit more about race relations, and she wanted to help them make a difference in the future of, of the future of the children. And then she also wanted to show them that she's a strong black woman. So um, that's what's going on right now. But these two women have this whole block party play date. You don't have to have a kid. They said, you know, they just want to like really embrace culture and bring a community together. What do you guys think about this? I love that they put. I don't know if they. It was like a post they put out on Facebook or they put it around the neighborhood where they were like, we don't want you to think for a second we accept this kind of bullshit yeah. in our neighborhood. We, yeah. I mean, that's not what they said exactly, but that was the, the you <laughs> that's know. The, that was the undertone. That's the Courtney translation. That was the spirit of what they were going that's for. That's the Courtney so translation. I was like, oh, I love that they put the ad around there. Like, they spread it around the neighborhood. Like, whoever did this, you shady mofo, we don't want your kind in our neighborhood Bye. because we love everybody. So I appreciated that they went and did all that and got the kids playing with each other. And I hope it's, you know, some chocolate kids, some caramel kids, and some other kids. Maybe they can bust some kids in there to show some kids to talk to other kids or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, I love that. They had a little black kid, white yeah. kid, yeah. Asian kid, all holding hands with the back, the okay, boy, love girl. That. You know, we shall overcome moment. Yes, honey, you know, that's the only way we go, overcome. We shall overcome. That's you know. it. All right. Uh, if you're in Chicago and you can stop by, I mean, I think it's probably still well, maybe late now. It's I mean, like eight o'clock. So it's it might still be a little late. I mean, to go to bed. Well, no no. Day now. I mean, those they're going to bed. Those are <laughs> the play dates. School age kids. They're yeah. at home. <laughs> and it's dark cool. tomorrow. Yeah, it's dark in it Chicago. Dark. It's, it's almost nine o'clock. It is, you know. But my no. elementary bedtime was nine o'clock. What time? Was that elementary. Elementary. Oh, oh, no, nine o'clock was when I was in ninth grade. Ten o'clock. Tenth grade. Eleven. Eleven. Like my mother was. Oh yeah. No, I had to be in the bed by seven thirty during. In a week in and, elementary, yeah, yeah, and sleep eight probably o'clock. by eight, eight thirty. I was always nine. I don't know. And then all when right. I got older, it just I think I just like, now to I want to go to bed. Now I want to go to bed eight thirty, but it, I don't. Right, it's six o'clock. I'm ready. <laughs> like right. ready now. All right, we're gonna wrap up now. Uh, where can fans find you, Courtney, with your Dare T-shirt on? You can. You like my Dare T-shirt? I do. My Took me back to high school. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, wasn't it elementary? I don't know. It might have been. I'm yeah. sorry. Whatever. One of those. They tried to make it. Tried to make it come back. We did a high school too. They did try to make it come back. Dare tried to make it. Yeah, they tried to make come back. Because I remember they tried to scare us in the driving. Uh, like you could get into the car accident if you were drinking yeah. and stuff. They tried to do that. I, don't know. To I had back. moved with the other kids in New York at that point. Okay, that's right. when I was in my cultural, upstanding life. Anyway, moving on. I can be found somewhere on Twitter and Instagram at Stuart Starlet. They apparently don't tweet her. Don't tweet she her. don't know how to find you. I right. know I can find. I just can't. The replies like it doesn't fan out oh, like it used tea, to. Like yeah. when you're having a conversation, they don't do it the same. Whatever. Hit me up everywhere, DJ Jesse J. You can hit me up at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff on Broken Famous on the Reels channel. And also, you can look at my Instagram Saturday to find out what Game of Thrones character I'm going to be for my Halloween party. I'm going to give a little clues throughout the day. (laughs) All right, everybody have a great weekend and happy Halloween if you celebrate it. Peace. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Christie, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live first online broadcast network dedicated to african-american entertainment for questions and comments contact us info at blackhollywoodlive.com like us on facebook tweet us or instagram at bhl online and i am the official voice of black hollywood live sipia instagram at king xo thanks for tuning in this cousin hollywood redefined The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.